0: Hello everyone, Chaney here. Uh, quick disclaimer before this episode, um, Sid's audio was a little messed up with Audacity, so um, I used his backup recording so his audio may sound a little more quiet, but rest assured we have this issue fixed for the next episode. So um, just a quick disclaimer, but um, enjoy the rest of the episode. sid i got a question for you shoot buddy what is rule zero of the internet
1: does the internet even have rules like that's a that's a hard hard thing to classify there
0: did you not even watch don't fuck
1: with cats i i did watch it because you put it in our notes so i had to rule zero is that an official rule that i might have missed on or what
0: that was like one of the first things in the episode or the first episode is Rule Zero the oh, Internet. Oh, Rule Zero don't Fuck, don't with, fuck
1: the... with Cats. Right. Yeah. Okay. I thought yeah, yeah. That is that was explicitly mentioned. So that should show how good I am at clearly listening at things. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> that.
0: How do you how do you like that documentary?
1: Yeah, that so I, I've been meaning to watch that for a while and people have just always been recommending it to me, but I finally got a chance to watch it and it blew my mind in the weirdest way that like we are Canadians and the whole documentary focuses on this insane cre- Canadian murder mystery story that happened a couple of years ago. And I, I, this whole thing just went over my head. So I'm thinking like what parallel universe did we shift into, you know, that this just happened. And with that's none what of I was us, saying,
0: you know? Um, yeah, it's like, I, how did we not hear about this growing up and especially you, because it, it more pertains to where you live. Deny, but like
1: yeah still it's really close it's a really the story hits really close to home and and it I found it weird like how it 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 was almost like watching a narrative film were you getting that feeling like this seems too well made at some some weird points you know it seemed
0: like such a perfect story that I was surprised that it wasn't made up because the things that happen in that in that documentary are like some of the 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 most batshit crazy things that i've i could ever see and it's all thanks to well the internet
1: yeah i mean it it really goes to show the internet is just this um almost like an abyss i guess like it's neither good or bad out of what comes out of it it's really just what we make out of it but uh cheney why don't you go ahead and kind of give us a small synopsis for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about or, or just aren't aware of the story why don't you just kind of explain a little bit without spoiling
0: um, without spoiling, um, a Facebook group gets together and they try to figure out the identity of a man who um, made a absolutely horrific video of him killing kittens. Um, and from that simple concept, it turns into an international murder mystery. Which, you know, I know it sounds like a big ramp up, but like it is. It's incredible how how it goes from such a small scale to literally an international scale.
1: Yeah. And and just the the fact that it's kind of like leading you in one way, like, oh, this documentary is going to make you feel in this kind of direction. And then episode two starts and you're just like, hold on no, Now we have a whole nother kind of narrative piece like that's what I guess what we're, we're saying, like, OK, it felt almost too planned was like at every twist of turn. It was like the biggest turn i guess like um just like at every point where the this facebook group is now that is now acting as like the detectives you know it became almost like detectives from a movie the way they were acting like oh let's look at the movie poster in the video and watch that movie and maybe there's a clue and then look just so happened that there's a clue in that movie you know like it was just like these little things that made it seem like a screenwriter had written the thing the, the whole the whole you know. It exactly. Like
0: it doesn't seem like a real story, but that's what yeah. I find made but it. But the ending,
1: like... yeah. But the ending kind of explains that, doesn't it? I just watched the last episode today, and then that whole ending kind of explanation of the the um, the murderer, I guess, what his motivations were, what kind of his psychology was. It kind of does explain it. So spoiler warning, I guess we're, we'll kind of get into that. But um, if you haven't seen it, then maybe watch the documentary don't fuck with cats first um, and just skip over this. But basically the murderer was obsessed with films and he loved movies. He loved the movie basic identity and that movie inspired the entire murder to happen, from alibi to every th- aspect of it. His literal mannerisms
0: being, within the de- yeah. de- interrogation process was completely yeah. ripped off from the movie, which was like, like, and I felt so bad for, his mother, especially because oh, she seems yeah. absolutely deranged, like to, yeah. to try to figure out some sort of narrative in her own head yeah. to think her son is
1: innocent. And one of the scenes that I, I really liked in that documentary, it's weird to even say that you can like something out of this because it's such a twisted and weird documentary. But the scene where the cops get to the mother's house, they find out who this guy is and they barge not barge. they go to the guy's house to arrest him and they find his mother there and the first thing the mother says to the police officers oh is this about the cat videos are you here for the cat videos like i found that so funny that like the whole thing started with cat videos that this facebook group like was ready to hunt this guy you know to his doorstep because he posted these abusive cat videos and the whole time the mother even like just kind of knew about it and was like oh it's just, it's it's just for that like oh why are you you know kind of rubbing it off the shoulder a little bit
0: yeah that's like every if there's like there's big twists and turns and then there's tiny little twists and turns where it's just like it sprinkles in information um and one more thing that i really liked about it is i liked um some of the artistic direction within it where it's like you can tell this wasn't a very expensive documentary, but um, there are mm-hmm. little tricks like with using the Facebook screen to sort of transition between different episodes and transition between mm-hmm. different talking points within the documentary was I thought was really well done. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just recommend it for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I would too. It's it's something good to kind of a good story you get invested in. And like well, with us too, we, we didn't even know this was a story that happened just outside of our hometowns basically. And um, yeah, it hit close to home just knowing that this thing happened. I think one of the coolest things that this documentary posed kind of like in a question format is how liable are we as an audience or as participators on social media to the bad stuff that we see? You know, I think that was that question kind of really set into an understanding, like what is social media? Like how how do we use it? How, how do we engage with it? And how do we even classify those as good or bads? like the guy that posted a video of him brutally hurting cats kept going because he did establish some sort of an audience from that. And the way that they interacted with it. And, you know, at that point, good and bad kind of goes out the window. And it's just like, okay, is this all a game? Are we all just kind of playing this game? That is, you know, who's the winner at the end of it all? You know, and it, it does verbally ask you that question at the end. So I think I was thinking about that a lot, like, after that like wow like social media is this really tricky landscape to just figure out you know can't really it 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 really is the modern day uh lawless west if you want to say it like that
0: yeah for sure um easy three episodes to watch easy three episodes to get through so it's just a short little documentary that i recommend to anyone so i guess we can sort of move on to what we did um Mm -hmm. for this week's movies that was as we established last week. A um, little disclaimer here. I initially, if you listen to the episode one, um, I chose True Grit because I want to sort of delve into some more Western movies and then revisit No Country for Old Men, because I know um, that movie sort of turns all the tropes of Western movies on its head. Um, but after talking with Sid a bit, we were thinking that a more Western centred show or an episode entirely would would benefit that so um although we'll, we'll be talking about true grit this week we'll also be saving it for um, a future episode um i'll get the movie list ready for that and then eventually um there'll be more details to come but expect a, a western centered episode in the future yeah so let's um let's get into true grit how did you find the the movie? Cuz I I just thought it was just a solid movie all around.
1: Yeah. Um I I liked it. Like I honestly didn't even realize it was a Ethan or a Joel and Ethan Cohen movie, the Cohen brothers. I didn't realize that until way into the movie. Um it was my first time watching True Grit and yeah, you know, I thought it was probably like just about an okay movie, like it will probably serve better in a second or third viewing for me. But as far as as far as entertainment wise go, I was decently entertained. I wasn't too invested in it. Maybe maybe that was one of the faults. Like there's this thing with Western movies. I find that you know the Westerns have these very classical movie tropes, and the Coen Brothers really focused on those tropes in this movie. Uh, things like the characterizations, the locations setting the cinematography these these kind of very nuanced western things that tell you oh you're watching a western movie so i don't know i i just couldn't get past the fact that i'm watching this hollywood movie that is trying to be a western movie and like yeah there was just like an invisible line there that wasn't letting me get too invested in it
0: did you know it it was a remake though this uh it was a remake yeah yeah so it it comes from a very 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 classical western movie And that's maybe where like a lot of my like my appreciation comes with it. It's just it's a simple, well told story, yeah. and um, I know like maybe knowing the Coen Brothers, you were expecting something a little deeper and meaningful than um, a typical Hollywood Western movie. But um, I went in pretty much expecting that, and that's what I got. Um, yeah. One thing that I thought really carried the movie and which just made it so much. It was just it was just a fun movie to watch and that's mostly down to jeff bridges
1: he um was he like probably was the the role he kind of just like becomes the most of like you know like you he you lose that thing that you're watching jeff bridges and it just becomes this character and like that's maybe it's just the coen brothers directing but like that's the what i find to be the cool thing about westerns also is you can get lost in these stories and these characterizations. Um, But I, maybe you, because you appreciate it more, like, I just found it difficult to kind of keep track of all these stories and, like, story points. Like, the characterizations of these characters just get so, like, in-depth. Like, you know, this guy met this guy 10 years ago along the trail and killed him and killed his brother, and so now this is what's happening. Like, there was a lot of this, like, unnecessary backstory, which I get is a trope of the Western. It's like, these are characters with rich histories and they're remaking it. So that does have to factor in. But I guess if you're a fan of all of that and understand that's a part of it, then you'll appreciate it more. But I've never been so deeply a fan of, of Westerns as a genre or other films. So maybe that was the one thing for me, I think. That kind of just held me back. But you probably appreciate that then. All the, like the richness of the characters and the deep backstory and all that. Um right?
0: I thought this movie pretty much well established that I needed to focus mainly on two characters, and that was Rooster played by Jeff Bridges, and then Haley Steinfeld's uh, character, the main character. Oh, I forget her name. Maddie. What's her name? Maddie, exactly. So yeah. I, I went like um, I sort of while I was watching, it, I had tunnel vision on those two characters throughout the entire movie, and mm-hmm. um, could you give an example of what you mean by like an, an unnecessary? um backstory or, yeah, or necessary I, side plot
1: okay yeah uh, i don't think it ever came down to side plots even it was really just in dialogue but <clears throat> for example like there was a scene where uh jeff bridges character what's the name of rooster rooster he so he meets with um matt damon's character who's the the ranger right and they're kind of they're going back and forth with each other which is i found an an entertaining scene because you know it's getting to the history of like the civil war kind of and but like that's kind of what I mean like it got so deep into their as characters like their backstory and like where do they come from and what are their ideological points of views and you know at the end of the day was that necessary was it unnecessary like it it just took me out of the movie in that moment
0: I felt it was necessary I guess for the plot to move forward because there needed to be that that Contract, that breaking that right? conflict, that breaking off point. So and and westerns are centered around a certain time period after the Civil War, and yeah. that's still um a a big contention with with characters after that, because you know, you know, either fought for
1: the North no, or I fought get it. for the South. I, I I see this is what I'm trying to say, I guess. I get everything that this movie chose to do, and in all for all intents and purposes, it probably did it excellently, like to a hundred percent of value. But and for the people that appreciate Westerns for what they are, they'll love this movie, I think. Because it really knocks those tropes out of the park. Like, it does those things well. But just for me as a person who always, like, you know, looks at a Western as, like, a piece of history, to watch a modern-day Hollywood film try to recreate that history, it it, it sometimes just becomes, like, just that. Like, you're watching a purposefully made recreation. It doesn't... I didn't necessarily... Um, draw me into this historical period i guess what is what i'm trying to say you know jeff bridges playing the role he did was the biggest part to do that you know like he he's a damn good actor and he can he looks like he's drawn right from the western era um and there's a lot of moments in this that just viscerally made me feel like oh yeah like this landscape and setting is is totally you know 1890s or whatever like old western period like it felt like ripping it right out of Red Dead Redemption 2. Like moments were very real, like that. But it there was just something that was not allowing me to get fully invested in it.
0: Was it that some characterizations of the characters were just too cliche
1: for you? Yeah, I, I don't even want to use the word. Cl- it, it could be that I don't want to say the word cliche because that's almost what a western film is trying to do is like play on the cliches in, in some weird way so maybe it did all those things right and maybe it just personally i feel it. like you know for me it just didn't work i think but like for you you're saying okay yeah, it, it did all those things and you could find appreciations for that yeah know? my expectations
0: um, were pretty much set before i went into the movie it was just i right. should expect just a stereotypical western movie and um, i'm hoping i get some cool shootout scenes i'm hoping i get some funny dialogue i'm hoping i get some um yeah. just interesting characters and what i i thought it like it's it's definitely not some special movie it got i mean it did get 10 Oscar nominations, but i don't think it it def, i don't think it deserved to win
1: no nah, it's definitely like you know it's it's not it's probably like my least favorite coen brothers movie i can probably say that for a fact
0: well, i haven't um, dived into any much coen brothers yet yeah and that you know
1: that's the thing it's like they're they're so they're such good writers man like you you really get lost in their stories they're almost like novels in terms of depth so this might have been the perfect movie for them to make because like a western film is all about those tropes you know like how can you use your location and cinematography to tell the story you know how can you use your character uh design or just how they're how they are who they are you know, all these things are icons, iconography for for that time period, and the stories that that time period inher- inherently tells. Um, so they tap into that and like flexed all their muscles. Like, yeah, we can tell a rich backstory for characters all day long. You know, and I think that's the cool thing. Like, maybe at a second viewing or a third viewing, I can find more appreciation for it. I think I might need to just go into it a second time to like actually enjoy it more. Um, but yeah it was it was just a little i guess cold is the word you know it wasn't it wasn't very inviting into like here's or here's this western world and come and join it it was more like really yeah that's that's honestly how i feel and yeah like how do you feel about the protagonist who's the little girl maddie like i didn't like i liked her in the sense that you know she's a smart written character she's a smart young girl but it didn't make sense for me that like, okay, in this time period, a girl is going to be that smart. You know, did I miss something, some kind of explanation, but like, she seemed too smart of a person. Um, well, she was, she was almost written to be like this person who could talk back to everybody, you know, to be this. Yeah. But that's
0: the thing though. That's, that's like, it's her defining character trait. And that's also what is one of her defining flaws is she's too headstrong. And up the, she, she, she was headstrong throughout the entire movie, and she had no real opposition until near the end, and that's what got yeah. her in her trouble eventually. So I thought, well, yeah, this girl is really, you know, just how do we get? headstrong? I guess I keep using that word, but like, I think it pretty much well describes it. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I could definitely see that as like a maybe an unrealistic criticism, but. Um, maybe that's where more of the Hollywood element comes in.
1: Yeah, it it, it was a bit a bit like watered down from that Hollywood point of view. You know, like I I was kind of expecting the ending to be her getting out of that predicament herself, whereas she had to be rescued ultimately. Yeah, but that was by, because
0: uh, of that was that was because of her mistake, and then she eventually learned from it. So I I know the I know the, the part you're talking about. And I don't yeah. actually think that's the end of the movie.
1: No, no, it's not right. It, it it leads you to believe that this is the ending, but where does it show that she learns from that? I guess that might not have been clear to me that. You know, somehow, um, okay. I'll get, get like, in spoilers for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's maybe, okay. Let's give a small little um synopsis for the film, just for people who haven't seen it real quick.
0: Sure. So um, a young girl named Maddie um, had her father killed by a man Um, and this is just a revenge story so she goes to town to um, receive her father's casket
1: yeah but also hire somebody professional basically yeah uh, she wanted to to hire
0: a US marshal to help her hunt down this man because he was on the run and bring him to justice whether by her hand or whether by the hangman she didn't care she just wanted to see this guy die
1: yeah so yeah, get into spoilers. So, what was your what were you about to say there?
0: So, um, there's one line at the end there that I think maybe got overlooked, but um, I definitely think this whole experience definitely allowed her to to grow. Like when she says she never married, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, of course she never married. Look at the guys she hung out with as a young girl. These guys were fucking badasses. These guys were real goddamn men, right? Yeah. So she sort of had her expectations ruined for her for the rest of her life after that. Mm. Right. Because she, she had this goal, this ultimate goal of revenge and thinking that she could just be headstrong enough to overcome any odds and eventually just get it done. She had, this is what I'll get into more of the idealism versus realism aspect of the movie for me. Yeah, but she realized she did need help. She needed help from, um, both uh, Rooster and and the Texas Ranger that Matt, Matt Damon plays. Yeah, and um, I think the whole point of the story is her just going on a classical adventure. You know, call to adventure. She meets these crazy characters, and then eventually, when she returns home, things are the same, but they're different for her. It's a lot with yeah. um, it's it's very reminiscent of lord of the rings as well which you haven't watched but you should so um
1: that's a huge bomb right there people are like what the fuck you haven't watched yeah, lord of v- the rings yeah. Now? Like- exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i no, thought i'd
0: throw that in there put a little extra pressure on you
1: <laughs> yeah for sure that that's gonna happen soon
0: so um it definitely visually it shows that she's changed because she lost her arm yeah um and then temperamentally she's still headstrong but
1: that's um, I guess what I couldn't get over. It's like she physically changed because she got battle damage essentially. But her yeah, her she didn't like learn what did she learn as a character, you know? Like did she she just kind of settled more into her ways almost that like I'm fine on my own. Like, you know, she was before all of that, she was already this independent and s- smart and strong young girl and after all that she's still independent, smart, strong young girl. Was probably a little smarter and you know but like it, yeah but it, it before kinda, i
0: thought she was um before while sh- like during the movie she was a very idealistic character she had this very yeah, clear yeah. understanding of what her goal was yeah. was to her
1: version her version of justice also is very firm that this guy needs to die you know right from my hand or, or whatever like he can't die and also to the point where he can't die in your town where he's also wanted but he has to die by me and in my law or in in my form of justice that's how it has to be done so she had this (laughs) very
0: idealistic version of her own justice and then when you actually meet the guy she's trying to um, take in you realize like he's not this super villain this mastermind this super evil guy that has been potentially played up for the movie. Cause like the Texas Rangers after him, she, he killed her yeah. father. And when you actually meet him, he's a bumbling idiot who plays fifth yeah. wheel behind the guy who can only make animal noises for Christ's sake. <laughs> so when she like, then actually enacts revenge, what's, what she get after that? She falls into a snake pit, a literal representation of hell. Like, like this is not the right thing to do. And then I yeah. think she, she after that, she gets bit. She gets bit, right, and then she gets yeah. taken, and she loses her arm, because which is kind
1: of it... the consequence for, for the idea that okay, to take justice into your own hands like that, um, and your own idea of justice, where does that bring you ultimately? You know, she loses her hand. She she bite. She shot it, the bullet, and then she had to bite. Whatever that saying goes, whatever it is, she had to pay the price at the end of the day.
0: Right, and I thought so, that by the end she was no longer that idealistic plucky girl anymore she would she got brought down to reality in a very very hard way you're
1: right in that sense yeah she turned from a little kid with this idealistic view of justice into probably a better understanding that justice might be like a two-way street i guess that's my takeaway kind of was from that um and you're right you are you're kind of bringing that more into the forefront now um yeah Yeah. i guess go ahead it just it it almost like it had almost that arctic ending right with the um with the how in arctic the helicopter comes just off into the distance and then fade to black right from there pretty much and like if if we just kind of compare the two movies even though they're wholly different movies you know she comes up out of this cave and then the the rooster comes picks her up and they go off into the night trying to find some help. And then it, right before it fades to black, it's like off in the distance, this light flickers on and then it fades to black. You're almost left like, oh, really? Like you're going to pull off some ambiguous ending like that. But then it chooses to end in the future, showing her as a young, like a older woman um, and shows how she's carrying her life at that point. So I found that interesting. What did you think of that? Like not ending it in the moment where you thought it should end, um but kind of continuing on the story a little bit. Like what did you feel about that?
0: I didn't think it should have ended at her reaching that outpost um out in the indigenous lands. I thought um I thought I've pretty much figured it, it should carry on because it started off with narration from the older Maddie. Yeah. Right. So you know she yeah, makes I it throughout the end.
1: That's true. I, I didn't I honestly didn't even in the beginning connect the two dots there. That this was an older um Maddie speaking.
0: Yeah, so it it starts off with the older Matter speaking, so it's like I I thought it was very relevant to finish off on that older Maddie. Like, it's it starts off with the older Maddie saying like starting up the journey, and then it finishes with the older Maddie then reflecting on her journey and how that changed her. It's like
1: yeah, it's almost a book ending in a way. It did feel like the finishing of a book in many ways.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's a very like old old classical style story in that way, and that's why it's. I don't even know when the, the original's from, but it, it's. I know the remake was way, yeah. way, way after.
1: I think that's one of the limiting things potentially for the Western genre is like you're very tied to this classical form of filmmaking and just the way to... You know, I, I, I like these type of Westerns that are like considered maybe a neo-Western or new Western movies that are, you know, you take the established tropes and then you can play with them in like very different ways. Um, right,
0: I like to think of Westerns as man comes to town or sorry, whatever. It doesn't even matter. Like person comes to town. There's a problem in the town. Person solves the problem and leaves. Yeah. Right. That's sort of like the main
1: super, that's super like a, B and C version of a Western, but there's so many like different types of Westerns, even from that standpoint. Exactly. That's why I think
0: like the genre is actually bigger than we think it is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a big genre and you know like i remember when i was like looking into western films and you you can categorize westerns into different subcategories essentially like the western genre is a much bigger genre than just one specific type of film but i think what what a western is essentially is these icons this this like symbol of what um america used to be which is like the cowboy hat the riding off into the sunset the the vast big mountains off in the in the distance and the lone ranger kind of going off with this horse you know like those kind of visual elements like westerns are entirely built around that and and i don't know like what i find interesting is how can you tell a story using those visuals but not tell the same story over and over again i think that's what i find interesting you know like sure we we know what we know what the what the lone ranger is we know what the professional bounty hunter is who is no longer you know he's he's just in it for the money oh by the end of the movie he has a heart of gold and he he saves people because he loves people now like we've seen that a million times like you're born into the world understanding these stories but show me something that's a little different show me where the, the the bounty hunter is still an asshole at the end of the movie he hasn't changed you know i think that is the type of western that we don't have anymore or that we maybe never had
0: That's a good... Yeah. I I guess you could... hmm, That'd be tough to pull off, though, for sure. Like, if... if, I mean, not, like, specifically your example, but, like, to...
1: To reinvent it a little bit.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's like... To take classically written characters and try to reinvent it. And let's not even get into Star Wars, because that'll be a (laughs) five-hour podcast. But... To, like you can see how troublesome it becomes when you try to take classically written characters and try to add sort of more Neo elements into it. More sure. you, nihilistic have seen, elements.
1: Have you seen the movie, the assassination of Jesse James? I haven't. No. Or, I, the movie's a lot. The title's a lot longer than that. I think I might've butchered it, but um, yeah, this movie title is called the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's the whole title. And that is almost like a Neo Western movie. Um, where it's about these classical characters, real life characters, with the rich backstory and characters towards it. But the way it tells you the story and the point of view of which the story is told is it's not like that that kind of ABC hero comes into town type of storytelling. Like it's super new, like, and it doesn't feel new, like, oh, this is a Hollywood film trying to tell you a story from a hundred years ago. It's, It's new in the sense that, okay, filmmaking has evolved so how we tell stories should also involve so like I would recommend that to like if you want to watch a western that's kind of classical but tells tells it in a different way that's a that's definitely one of those
0: then, yeah there's also again and we'll get into it in a couple episodes whenever I don't know we'll we'll figure it out but like no country for old men is probably the movie that that does it the best and turning western yeah. tropes just yeah. on their head, but doing it in such a successful way that it's still sort of yeah. satisfying for the audience.
1: The way I see No Country for Old Men, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off there, but just the way I see it is, it's like that is a sequel to the Western genre. As if like that movie understands what the Western genre is. And its goal is to like, tell the story of what is it today? It, like, this is what it was then. And now what is it today? Yeah, that America so, is so, dead. Yeah. Here and is... What are those characters now yeah. doing? What are those or what do those characters stand for doing in today's world I think yeah um, yeah that's a great example
0: but uh, overall i think true grit's just a fun movie um i did, i kind of want to circle around back to your to your you don't really have to reply to this but your your um your your take on it being a cold movie, I never I never got that. I thought it was a very warm movie. I couldn't help but smile whenever Jeff Bridges was on screen, just doing his mm. doing his thing, and it actually made me, like when you said it didn't really it wasn't an inviting it wasn't inviting you into the Western world. I think well this is just what I did, but like in that scene in the cabin where they're drinking whiskey, I paused the movie. I went up and I got a glass of whiskey because I wanted to sit down with, Brewster, so. Yeah. Um that's probably like a more of a personal preference thing though. It's like I went in expecting a classic yeah. western. You went in probably expecting a classic western, but you're not just a big fan of classic westerns it seems.
1: No, yeah. I think that's yeah. And you know, that's pretty smart honestly. You kind of um uh you brought yourself into that world a little bit with the whiskey. That's a smart idea honestly. <laughs> and uh Yeah, I I don't know if I have really an answer for that. Maybe, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it came down. And you know, I I don't want to paint it off in a way that it's the Coen Brothers directing that didn't work for me. It could be that way, but like I do like the Coen Brothers as filmmakers. So um, I just think it is. I've I've seen those tropes enough time and time again that this didn't do anything new for me. You know that and i looked at it afterwards at the end and it's like oh it's like 90 percent on Rotten tomatoes and it got fantastic reviews and i just couldn't see any of that afterwards you know i just couldn't see it being that amazing or monumental of a western film like there's but there's you would agree western
0: it's just it's a solidly made film
1: it's a solid but it's like K okay, K okay, it's solidly made but it's like mediocre at the same time if that makes sense
0: solid as in the execution mediocre as in the
1: if you compare it to the any actual other content film in the genre pretty much yeah or yeah I like see. yeah exactly exactly that it's solid in the execution because you know it's almost hard to fuck up a western film it's the the tropes and like kind of the rules are so set in place and this movie doesn't do anything to break those rules or bend those rules or very rarely does it do that so um and i'll give an example where it does do that actually The kind of the idea of the two army men, Rooster's character and Matt Damon's character, kind of coming together at the end and putting their differences aside and shaking hands and all that, like that was cool. You know, like that's a that's a statement about America today versus yesterday and like all that stuff. That's cool and all, but it didn't do enough things to make it stand as a Western film of the modern time. For me right
0: and i don't think um it
1: it tried to be a, a Western it didn't try yeah yeah it, it, and it didn't yeah. try to for sure it was what it was trying to do i think it succeeded in right and i think where i come in it's like i
0: i really do like tropey films and i like being able to watch trophy films and identify archetypes throughout them i like i like yeah. doing that i like finding that the archetypes why, yeah
1: that makes sense why you like westerns then because it's clear as day uh, the archetype. Well I'm not sure
0: if I like Westerns yet. I haven't really delved deep into the, the genre and that's why I want to do that one episode with them. But Okay. Um that that that's also why I chose this movie because I I heard it was a very, very typical Western movie. And yeah. That's what I got. So uh,
1: yeah um, I'm really interested to see like if our audience, whoever's listening to this, if you guys have seen this movie Trigger It, what do you guys think of this? Um, you know, let us know on Instagram and stuff. Or if you have seen it how does this movie stack up with other Westerns? Because this was the first time I think both of us have watched this movie. Um, and like you just said, you're not too steep in Western films, and I'm not either. I've just seen a couple. But I'm interested to see, like, what are other people's opinions on the fact of how this kind of stacks up with other Western films, I guess. So let us know on Instagram, on our Instagram page. You guys can always suggest us new movies and comment on the movies that we're talking about too. So, yep. So Anything said, else you want um, to add to that to me?
0: no no that's that's good um i was just letting you sort of help us transition to Lahain, your choice
1: yeah okay cool um so pretty yeah our topic for this week is kind of interesting because we're talking about two movies that are so polarly different in in style in the countries that made them and really just the story that they're telling um so quick synopsis on lahane is this Political drama movie that was made in France, uh, set in 1995, and I, it also was made in 1995, and it was kind of set around these riots that were going around the time of the 90s, throughout the 90s and the late 80s, um, all kind of the conflict to do with the the basic the minorities of Fr- Paris, I guess, to be specific, or France in general. The minorities who came into conflict and clashes with the police and just the unfair treatment that the police imposed on these minorities and the the places that they lived and so with this movie works with that as a setting as contextualization and basically shows the lives of these three teenagers who kind of live in this world and how do how do they maneuver and navigate through the world um so it's very loose on narrative it it almost doesn't have a narrative but and it just shows you kind of it is really much just a day in the life of these characters that you're watching. um. So I've seen this movie like a 100 times in the past two, three years. Not literally, obviously, I've probably only seen it like a handful of times. But it's one of those movies that I've always been drawn back to. And so I was eager to share it with Cheney. So I'm, I just want to know, Cheney, what were your kind of first impressions watching it for the first time?
0: Well, it's definitely something a film student would really love. There's lots of sort of things that i picked up on just as a fan of film but i'm sure like that,
1: that you sort of gush over as a creator of film so um i th- uh yeah what were what was it like what did you find i guess intriguing like as not from the, coming from the technical side of things but uh, maybe a story you weren't too familiar with beforehand what were what were things or even a, a, of a country or a genre you weren't too familiar with what were the things that kind of drew you in
0: when you said loose story, I didn't know exactly what you mean until I watched the movie. Um, you're right. There's like, I can't even outline a plot that happens within this movie. I can just outline events that lead to other events. And it's... Right. It's, it's an interesting take on, on how to do a story, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the, the intention is behind doing it that way Mm -hmm. um it left me slightly confused as in you know i mean you definitely still see like the main thing i i pay attention to in movies is characters and you definitely do see characters grow and they're established and you know their goals you know their ideals and how they change throughout the movie is is done in a very interesting way but it's Mm -hmm. just not done done alongside a plot which i found yeah
1: i'm not saying it's good
0: or bad it's just that's just the way the movie's made
1: sure yeah there's almost there is that lack of guidance like as the plot is supposed to guide you as an audience like along with the characters but this doesn't have a a, that kind of structure it's it's different uh structure and we were talking about this maybe a week or two ago about you know writing characters in movies and and when you write are you kind of writing the character into the world and letting the character kind of find themselves and figure themselves out or As a writer, do you kind of have everything pre-planned and pre-structured? And, you know, like, when you watch this movie, it feels very much as if they're just real people that, you know, are just here and surviving and living. Like, it it seems like this could be a ripped-off real-life documentary. It doesn't seem like written characters. You know um, what? That's exactly
0: what I thought. Like, when the the intro sequence, I'm like, this plays more like a goddamn documentary than it does a film. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and that intro specifically is exactly is I think supposed to draw you into it like that Uh, because it starts off with real life footage. I don't think any of that was that montage sequence in the beginning. I don't think any of that was like filmed for the movie. I think those were were real riot footages that they used to kind of just set the setting up a little bit.
0: Um, One thing that I really thought of of this, like when watching this movie is I didn't like it It gave me a lot of historical context with regards to France and it, and it made me read up and France wasn't the greatest place to be and especially Paris in the in the mid1990s yeah um, compared to North America which was probably like the chillest time but um, it gave a lot of context in terms of you know today's events and I don't really want to get into much of that because it's not really has much much to do with films, but it does have stuff to do with this film. Um, it's just crazy how you, we do see these cyclical patterns of yeah. power dynamics that are shifting throughout society, and and this film displays yeah. it very well.
1: And that was that's kind of like without I not that the purpose of wanting to talk about politics was this conversation like that that was never the purpose, but I guess the the intention by watching these movies and to even share and suggest this kind of movie to people is always just you know to understand that like you just said there's like a cyclical thing going on here that the problems you see in front of you today aren't it's nothing is new like these have always been the problems in the world these are humanity's problems not today's problems or today's generation's problems and you know like the problems people were facing in france in the 90s are problems that people today are facing no matter what your ethnicity or race or what country you are like these are, problems are still human problems at the end of the day. So, the, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into with this movie was like, how does it kind of show the cyclical nature of, of um, justice and, and hate at the end of the day, you know, like one of the lines of the film is hate breeds hate. So like, that's the thesis basically summed up very simply um, that, you know, like you fight fire with fire. And what does that lead you with more fire at the end of the day? You know, so there's this there's this just a cycle of repetitive kind of what you've hit one side they hit you back harder and I think this movie just shows that so well that like you you want to think, okay, these characters are going they're starting from this place where the world is against them and you know they're gonna go to this place where the world is now with them or now there with the world, but it doesn't give you that happy ending. it just shows you this, this constant cycle that where your relationship with the world is, how you feel about it ultimately kind of guides your direction in a weird way. Does that kind of make sense?
0: Yeah. It's not like there's heroes in this story or there's no, and not even like there's
1: antagonists. Yeah. It's, it's so non-classical in that sense.
0: It's just, you have this, um, What I found interesting is when this premiered at Cannes, was it? Yeah. Um, They usually at Cannes, apparently they do like a police salute of some sort at the end. Um, And apparently the cops turned their their backs on the salute for this film. Um, Yeah. Um, But that was sort of a narrative being played back then that this is an anti-police video. And I didn't get that whatsoever because it's not like... It's not like the protesters or, or the or the rioters were were um had a good light shed on them. Like they're no. most of the film does focus around them because that's probably the more interesting aspect of the situation, but it's like a lot of this film does go out of its way to humanize both sides in a lot of ways and also mm-hmm. villainize both sides in a lot of ways. And I thought it did that yeah. quite well.
1: It's it's a very realistic view um, on just people and ideologies for that matter.
0: Right. So as these ideologies clash, it's just over and over. Uh, and that's
1: what it is. Yeah. That's, it's not, it's not people as in, Oh, you're a cop and you're three kids that we're going to inherently hate each other. Because like you just said, you know, the film really takes its time to establish just ideologies. So there, there's that cop character. I don't know if you remember him specifically. Like, I don't know if his name is also ever said, um, but he's the cop that kind of tries to get the kids out of trouble. Or he he kind of tries to give them a bit of guidance, and he's on there like he's looking out for them, you know. You know, do you remember? Yeah, the he's like a father also?
0: figure. He's like, what the hell are you yeah. guys doing?
1: Yeah, like, and you can understand like maybe he started off in the same world that they did, but he got out, you know. Maybe he wanted to make difference through the system, because um, he's very like it, it shows like there's two kinds of cops essentially like there's the cops that are abusing their power and and you know which happens. And then there's this there's this one in one instance of one cop who is looking out for these people who maybe he was that guy. He was this kid from the ghettos and he knows what that means. So he's looking out for them and he's trying to ensure that they don't you know clash head to head. But then from the opposite side then you see like there's some of these kids that don't want to embrace or they don't want to change for the better. They they're buying into the cyclical nature of hating.
0: Yeah, they're so, just breeding more hate. They don't look at, they don't want to be introspect. Like, it It takes, it, it really points out that both sides of the conflict in this movie, it takes um. Uh, introspection. It, you got to, like, you have to be willing to change for the other person to change. Right. Right. Or if we're, if we're like, if I'm sort of personifying both groups as people,
1: it's like, but okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate you for a bit because I think I kind of agree with you, but I don't think the movie is even trying to say that. Um, if okay, we'll get into spoilers now, I think a little bit. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie, please watch this movie and maybe come back to the discussion. Um, it's literally free on with YouTube them. with it's with free, yeah, subtitles. with subtitles. So yeah, th- there's no re- reason that you shouldn't watch this movie. This is Sid Grover is telling you guys, watch this movie, Lahane. Um, so, yeah, now we'll get to spoilers. But, you know, when you think about that ending, like the ending ending for a second, and if you going along with the thesis that you just proposed, it's not even showing that. Like, the guy is willing to change, but he still ends up biting the bullet, you know? Like, he's still... It's no happy ending for him. So what do you think about that? What do you think about that ending?
0: Yeah, it's because he refused to change from the, from the get-go, whereas, yeah, the other two characters right. were more... They're more, they Balanced. were willing to, yeah. yeah, to, to balance it out. They didn't want to continue with this. Whereas he wanted to escalate it. And yeah, the well, fact he, he wanted
1: to escalate it throughout the film. Right. But by the ending, like literally moments before the film ends, he gives Hubert, his buddy, the gun, you know, that he's been holding onto this whole time, which in this film, I guess the gun symbolizes power. You know, the guy that holds the gun, um, is the one in control of the situation. So when he relinquishes that power and you think okay, yeah, he's He's trying to change for the better the So therefore the world's gonna go in the better place now It it doesn't work in that way. It's like okay. No, but there still is that factor of bad cops out there You know, so it just left me with the question like okay, no matter how much you want to change as a person You know, maybe evil is just still gonna be in the world like that hate will still be there You know
0: I get what you're saying um but um i think it it stays true because like despite him changing literally within the last 3 minutes of the film um it still wasn't good enough and i think that's that's fair because the whole like the whole predicament that they were in was because of him yeah. because of him f- um unwillingly wanting to change unwilling to want to relinquish power and and be introspective and then try to move along and, and be better because of that it was just him stubbornly conflicting with his own masculinity his own his own source of power and um he gets he get he pays he pays the price for it whether just or not it was definitely an unjust death within the movie but he, he sowed his own you know, his own seed there. He he was the architect of his own fate still in the end.
1: Yeah, see I think that's the cool thing about this movie is it's it even though it's not an open ending, like it's very conclusively this is the end. Um, but it lets you kind of think about what, what is it trying to tell you in, in so many different ways. And I think just one of the things I kinda of took away from it was just like and we touched upon this is just like the cyclical nature of justice and hating and power and like that that dynamic um that just kind of runs societies you know um i think this film's not even trying to conclusively say anything i don't i don't think it's trying to say anything with a period at the end of it it's really just trying to show you what is not what should be or what you know it's really just showing you this is this is the world accept it or or don't accept it love it or hate it they, that doesn't matter at the end of the day like this is what it is for some people this is what it is um and it, and, it, and it just kind of it lets you just kind of sit with that and maybe that's us talking about it now and trying to figure out it's exactly that purpose it's like okay well how do we want to see the world at the end of the day you know how much hope do you want to give in circumstances like this um it does give hope though
0: I don't do you remember the Eiffel what Tower way? scene what way do you get it?
1: Yeah. do you
0: remember the the eiffel Tower
1: scene which which when when they're uh, on the rooftop when the light comes on and he's trying to he's trying to flick, flick on it on or something it yeah, with, yeah, his, yeah. with his
0: with his will power through his through right. his will, right, and they can't do it, they leave, yeah. but someone does it right, there's yeah. that chance out there there is that hope that's still you know that was a we, cool
1: moment the the Paris scene um when they're in Paris, like there's that cool shot where if you notice like there's like that vertigo shot where uh the camera is getting it looks like the camera is getting closer or the camera is getting further back and then the background is getting either closer or further back like that vertigo shot right you know I'm where the about?
0: where the traffic becomes out of focus
1: yeah the tra- so the background gets out of focus they're still remaining in focus and it looks like there is uh, like, um, a like a push in like a movement going on but yeah
0: that thing was that was that was one of the most insane shots I've seen in any movie. Yeah,
1: it's cool, right? Yeah, that's, I, I remember, like, we used to, in, in class, we used to break down that one scene, like, for the entire lesson, basically. What does that, what was he trying to do in that shot, essentially? Because it's a shot, and then it ends. And then, you know, they're still there, kind of. So, like, my takeaway is, like, and, and you're also, kind of goes through an answer to one of your questions was, what's the kind of point of the movie is, like, it's really just showing kids living life. You know, it's just, like what do you do you know you just kind of like you're in a new city or in you're in this kind of town um with a beautiful setting behind you and you're looking lost like you're looking like now what where do we go from here what do we do next you know it was very it was just like a human moment it was just like a very this isn't a matter where we're just going to stare off into the distance and like oh my god it's eiffel tower let's look at it like no i was like just real people in in the real world what would they be doing you know like uh like a, uh, kind of yeah documentary in a way
0: yeah very much very much and that you you touched on characters feeling real and they do um as in what's his face finch finch um i, mean, I thought he was he was one of the, like the most unlikable character i've ever had the displeasure to watch, but I'm not meaning that in a malice way. I am meaning that in a compliment because his character was fully realized like for sure in that way, they didn't try to make you empathize with people. They didn't, they didn't do cop out things. No. Right. These characters are still extremely flawed. They're not completely innocent.
1: Yeah. They're not trying to show you, Oh, this is their motivation. Now, hopefully you can buy into that motivation. Like not at all. It's, it's very matter-of-fact like this is who this guy is this is what he might be thinking so yeah let's talk about Vince a little bit as a character um, I, I really liked him as a character because he almost gets more depth than most other people like more kind of understanding of where his head's at so Vince being the white guy in in their group right it, it's Hubert who's the black guy uh, Saeed the brown guy and Vince the white guy all three of these guys live in the same setting the banlieu which is basically the ghetto in france what ghetto means um and so they all come from the same setting and basically this racial tension that is is heightened around the brown and black community based the minorities of the area it's it's heightened against them and there is a scene where where they get pulled over by the cops and the cops grab hold of Said and hubert and physically detain them and arrest them. And kind of because Binz is kind of maybe looks like he fits in more in that neighborhood or in that area, he is able to run away or he's able to free himself or something. So it it makes that commentary of, of these people and their setting and stuff. And I found it almost interesting that him being the white guy, not observantly being targeted by the police, but he's the one with the most motivation to fight back in a weird way. Uh, I what think did, I read somewhere that about?
0: that character is Jewish in the film, so it's like
1: he is he is Jewish in the film. So yeah, he right. So that persecution is not alien to any of these characters. They must have all faced some sort of um, kind of thing by society, some kind of struggle. But you like you get a very clear sense that the the colored characters in the film, the, there's a direct conflict against them. But what is what's the beef against Vince? Like the whole time he's saying, yeah like they killed my friend so now i'm gonna i need to kill one of those cops but none of like the other two guys never say that once they're never like oh like hubert's gym burned down he never said now i need to kill the guys that burned my gym like he's hubert as a character is always looking for that middle ground Said is is almost like the the middle ground himself like he's the balance between two ideologies in his friends group so my question is where does vin's which i think i have the answer to it but i just want to ask you where does Vince get that from? Where does he get that aggression from?
0: See, the other two characters don't really struggle with masculinity in the same way that Finch did. Um,
1: okay. Yeah. Expand on that.
0: Said he has his older brother with him, who acts as basically a father figure to like, you know, you know, get his shit straight every once in a while. Like, I know we're in yeah. a fucked up situation, but don't be a fucking idiot, right? That yeah. kind of father figure that you that you need in situations like that. Um, Hubert is father figure himself he's sort of the man of the house and he's really realized that role whereas the intro to vince is he's looking in the mirror doing the taxi driver thing the you talking to me eh? yeah yeah that's the he's
1: more of a kid he's like he's uh like more immature i guess in
0: that way yeah he, he, he hasn't grown into his masculinity yet and he needs to find some way to um Confirm that. So that's where the gun comes into play. Where you know he thinks masculinity yep. revolves around, or like, revolves around power. Whereas it. It, yeah, it revolves well, around responsibility.
1: Yeah, you just said that the I think key there is like the way he earns that I guess respect, and he says that very clearly. Is like Hubert asks him, "What are you gonna do with that gun? What is that gun gonna get you?" And his response to it is, "Respects on the street," basically. Like obviously in French, so I'm paraphrasing. But he says something along those lines, where it's like, yeah, I mean, if I kill a cop, I'll be respected more, and that almost goes under people's nose at first. But that's his underlying motivation. You know, he wants to be the man of the streets, and he thinks the way he's gonna get there is by the shit he sees on movies all day long, um, and that kind of ties into him reciting the taxi driver line: the the, or you think you're talking to me, talking to the mirror. You know, like he's he's trying to embody these Hollywood characters or these move things he sees on the movies as being you know, hard or being uh, respected or being like, you know, tough on the streets. He like, if he just looked at his friends, if he looked at Hubert and sees like, okay, Hubert is a guy that is the man of his house, who is trying to make a better life for himself, who is from the same streets as you, you know, and doing something better is is that's a viable option just as, you know, as any, but like, you know, he doesn't even look at his friend like that.
0: No, not at all. Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh. Okay, can you can can you continue off that point? I, I lost track. Of what yeah, I'm just
1: yeah, about. yeah. See if you can add on to it. But basically, like, yeah, what I'm saying is just. I, from where motivations go is like. He. Oh right, a, yeah. Your, His
0: motivations are muffled. Like that's what I was getting yeah. into. He. Um. This is how I tied into True Grid a bit. Um. I always I put the um, the idea of Maddie in True Grit her idealism versus reality, like the situation she's in. She has a very idealistic view of what revenge is versus what the reality of it is, Right. and the consequences that come with that. Um, Vince is the same way where he has a very very idealistic view of what justice is, yeah. And um, when he gets brought down to reality, he pays for that in a similar way that that Maddie did.
1: Yeah that's yeah you i think you hit the nail on the head a lot of it is idealism like what do you his version of justice and i guess where him and maria's character share similarity is they both think they can bring they can take justice upon their own hands that they can deliver justice themselves right and who gave them that right right uh who gave them that right
0: yeah and, and instead of no one giving it to them they just try to take it which is yeah where the con conflict comes burn. from
1: that's where the also consequences are given ultimately.
0: Exactly, And I think consequences in both movies were aptly given.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't argue with, I wouldn't argue on that point. It, that's what it's almost like tragic in both senses of the movie are, you know, no movie gets a happy ending. Even with Maddie, like she, she loses her arm. She doesn't, she probably doesn't go on to live a normal childhood. You know, she says she doesn't get married. She doesn't have kids. So you can get a sense like what is even after you give her justice and you get your definition of justice, whatever that may be, do you, where does that get you? What kind of life do you live after that? Right. I mean, I could argue that there is no justice at the end of Lahaine. It's only injustice, really. Um, the whole movie is injustice because that pursuit of justice, ultimately, uh, there's no happy ending there, you know? The, no for for any side like at the end of the day it it ends on that last shot of saeed watching his friends basically um i i don't want to spoil that last shot actually if you if you guys please just watch that movie and you'll get what i'm saying but um yeah that last shot kind of says it it's just like looking at like what what have we done like why all of this has led to what you know like essentially what all that anger that we were feeling all this hate and negative emotions like it just kind of shows you like all of this, this shit is just like it's a non-stop cycle um so i did yeah is there anything more you kind of want to talk about on that um it's not
0: a fun movie to watch and i'll just put that out there especially with today's context um yeah okay that's fair it's a rough watch not in a again not in a malicious way that's
1: a compliment um yeah it's it's eye-opening right like you. it's you raw say, it's raw. That's the best word I guess. Filmmaking wise and story wise, it's a raw film. It's brutally honest and it's in its everything and the way it tells a story.
0: Um I think in the context of today, I think it's the what I it re- when I read upon how the movie was pre- um, perceived back in 1995 um, I don't I don't understand how they came to those conclusions of what they did. So I thought I thought it is like when you posted that this movie was still relevant for today. Um, a hundred percent agree. It's it's, yeah. um, but a different, in a different light.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, watching this movie in today's political light, it, I had a different takeaway almost, you know, in, in, in a lot of circumstances there's things that you see differently and maybe because it's just more relevant today. But yeah, like as compared to watching that movie from the first time till now, um, it it was very it was eye-opening it was just very like okay yeah you know like as much as you want to think that as society we're getting better it it's just kind of the same problems that are regurgitating somewhere else in the world but you know i don't know different people i guess or something
0: yeah it also um a lot of what this movie does it speaks into sort of the nihilistic nature that's crept up through the 1990s and then through the mid-2000s we Societies come more and more nihilistic where it talks about, you know, I feel like an ant in the galaxy, that one line or whatever. And then,
1: um,
0: I saw the direct, uh, the director chose other than dialogue shots. He chose to do absolutely wide shots just to show how small they are in this big world they're living. Yeah. Um, no better shot obviously than that, that focus shot with the Paris highway.
1: Yeah, that, um, I think everything, like, they shot in Paris is exactly what you said. It was just, like, wide shots shot in a way to show, like, these small kids in, in, in a bigger world. Yeah, you hit that one hard, yeah. Um, where I think this
0: movie might falter is um, with um, Hubert. I thought his character was so carefully crafted that any sort of deviation from that would kind of shatter the, shatter the illusion for me when he... Um, that those little antics that that happened in the art gallery with Mm -hmm. the women i was like that's not a very hubert thing to do
1: yeah it is almost out of out of the blue for his character
0: so that Um, was like my only like that 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 took me out for a bit i'm not sure
1: maybe you have something yeah the way i kind of saw it is that that's a side of him he might be repressing kind of constantly maybe you know that anger, he lets it out in that scene. He 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 breaks a couple gar- gallery pieces and stuff. Um, one, I, it, it's a couple things there. It's it just showing how far these people have come from their world, you know. Like even yeah, you're supposed to get this whole time. Hubert is the level-headed, level-minded individual in the group, and he's he's gonna calm people down before he escalates the situation. So one, it goes to show like how far removed when you take him out of his environment, you know, he starts to stick out like a sore thumb in in that new place Um, and another thing is I think he tries to suppress that side of him that anger Um, and he tries to get get his friends to be more calm but you know the fact that he is now out of his environment outside of the state of comfort uh, it's harder to suppress that anger I guess you know it might be like anger at the world like he's looking at all these rich people enjoying themselves um, and dining and wine like fine wine and all that enjoying art like those are luxuries maybe he can't afford from where he's from so he's angry at that you know that that was my takeaway it wasn't it's you're right like it's out of the blue a little bit but i, I like you i think you can kind of connect those dots in your head a little bit too the thing is though that
0: for a second they were accepted into there they were accepted what? as people there they no one was like going out of their way to to disrupt them in fact they right. went out of their way to disrupt people maybe that's where yeah. the differences come in but yeah yeah that's the only thing that kind of brought me out um your justification you know maybe maybe lahane deserves a second watch with that um
1: yeah i think there's you know with most movies this is the case but i think like when you re-watch this you'll be able to just like understand the things you already understood from the first viewing you'll pick up on those little on sec on second viewing nuances things like that that just like the characters become more realized in your own head and you know like decisions ultimately it, it does come down to that like you you stick a, a well-realized character into a setting and now what would they do yeah it often it it leaps off the page i found in this movie that like it was less like what is the writer thinking and this is now from a writer standpoint where the characters go it was less of that and more of what would real people in this situation get into you know
0: right okay yeah that's actually i really appreciate that because a lot of the times i feel like writers try to um they want the scene without doing the work um but in this case Mm -hmm. it definitely seems like he just let his characters grow yeah by themselves without without like having a fully realized scene that he wanted he made characters and then he didn't position the story to try to get certain scenes it's just that these characters would cause these certain scenes
1: yeah and then then the story is formed at by probably at the end of that like you know i think that it, that's such the risk with filmmaking and like making movies i think to have that to understand that risk and to accept it like this part of the process is not knowing and to be unsure and really just trusting your writing and like this as like that's why as a film student kind of coming from school and watching this is one of those just like truly inspirational movies for me like i i It is a movie that makes me sad for sure. By the end of the watching, I do get sad, but I get so happy watching this movie just to know like movies like this exist and that they can be made. Like it's a black and white film, but it doesn't have to be black and white. And because it's black and white really adds so much value to it. It's not just an aesthetic uh, choice, you know, like, oh, black and white can be, it's like kind of hipster. So people will like it in 20 years or something like that. Like, I'm sure nobody thought of that there is a uh, integral reason for why the film is shot in black and white and why it's that kind of contrast of black and white. Why you know is I mean? that? Like I can understand yeah, but... like,
0: like from a movie, like from the lighthouse perspective.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's black was, and white, but it's really trying to get that. Just the idea of contrasting images. The whole idea is this contrast of what happens when you take these ghetto kids and put them in high society art galleries well this is what happens and this is what they're showing you that contrast what happens when you put you know these what appear to be ghetto kids but were actually can be intelligent kids you know people who have a lot going for them what happens when you show a day in their life rather than what the media tries to show um and there is a scene that kind of speaks on that a little bit where it's like the media is trying to paint these guys as violent rioters or whatever and they're like no is that that's all you guys think of us is what you show on the media but like. You don't know who we are. You don't know what our story is. And like, that's the whole point of this movie. And that's what, that's what I kind of mean by the contrast. It's like, it's not just black and white. There's so much gray area. There's so much middle ground. And that's what this movie kind of spends a lot of its time navigating is that middle ground.
0: Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Um, still. Yeah. Another movie that I recommend.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I don't mean to go off on rants about films, but that's a film I can probably talk about for hours. Like that's absolutely must watch.
0: For sure. Um, so I think we can probably wrap this up. Um, Sid, what would you like me to watch for
1: next week? For next week. Um, well, Cheney, how about you want to decide kind of rather than a specific movies, do you want to talk maybe about a genre in particular or period of film like do you want to kind of go into from that direction
0: um i was thinking like yeah we can um i want to do the western thing but i want to take some time to prepare that um
1: yeah i think because i think for like for that we'll have to maybe think of a couple movies like and formulate a list maybe something yeah i
0: was gonna get a movie list ready and then yeah so let's
1: hold off on the western discussion but if you have a movie in mind for me, then I, I can think of something based off that.
0: Well, one of the movies I have on my watch list, um, and it kind of ties into that last thing we talked about, like with the black and white is sin city. Okay. So I want to maybe continue off that. And we could have a little discussion about the use of black and white in film when it's, when we have the technology that you don't really need it. Yeah. And we can see how, cause I, I know Sin City like uses it very effectively, and there would probably be a lot of examples to talk about with, with regards for to sure. that.
1: Yeah, that's another movie I haven't seen yet, so I'd, I'd be interested in that for sure.
0: Well, that's my suggestion. If we want to just have a nice episode on probably the use of black and white in film. Next week.
1: That's interesting. Okay. So, okay, let me try and think of... Um, black and white film. That's a really good one, actually, because just the way they use color, you know, there is color in that movie, but the way they use it is I, like unique, I guess, from what I've seen.
0: You know, I've been meaning to do maybe a second viewing of The Lighthouse.
1: That's an interesting one. I Do you want to talk about The Lighthouse?
0: We can talk about The Lighthouse, but like we could also bring it because it's another one of those black and white movies and we can sort of talk about how they implement that
1: okay so okay let's let's have that as a discussion for next week then like, perfect yeah so yeah guys next week we are going to talk about the use of color specifically black and white in modern day films and I guess we'll talk about David no what's his name Robert Eggers the director of The Lighthouse and Robert Rodriguez the director of Sin City those are the two films we're going to watch so guys want if you haven't seen it before please watch along with us we would love for people to interact and engage with the movies we watch and we have a new instagram page set up called mythic morons Mm -hmm. at mythic morons on insta so follow us on there stay in touch with us and let us know the movies you'd like us to discuss um let us know give us feedback on the podcast honestly i think i think we are listening to the to the people that are listening, you know, um, how can we be better? How can we, you know, let you guys know films you want to watch. So yeah, just keep letting us know on, on what we can do. And we're, we're, you know, our goal is to bring more content every week and just talk about the things we'd like to talk about on films. Um, so yeah, Chaney, do you have anything more to add there? No, uh, just
0: make sure to follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're going to post all the movies that we're, we have watched or we're going to watch for next week and, and what we plan on talking about. And, um, no, it just helped, um, engage you guys in the discussion. So, yeah. Um, make sure to follow us at mythic morons on Instagram. I'm sure a lot of you probably already follow us, whoever's listening, but, um, we appreciate the feedback. We haven't gotten feedback. Um, we're trying to be better and we're going to try to do better every single week. So, um,
1: yeah. And we're also on Apple podcast. Now Spotify, we're working again on all major podcast um, places to watch podcasts or listen to podcasts pretty much. We're trying to get that all figured out soon, but Apple and Spotify, we are on there now. So those are the two biggest platforms essentially. Um, so yeah, just thank you guys for spent taking your time out of the day to listen to us. Um, you know, we're, we're just doing talking shit, talking shit that we like to talk about. So Really appreciate if you guys are joining us right now and hope you guys continue to join us.
0: Yep, thanks a lot. Signing off.
1: All right, signing off. See ya.